discussion no matter where we might be is often the condition of the ummah the manner in which the muslims are being downtrodden the difficulties that are showering down every other day and this is the general discussion when there is a gathering of people around some meal or in social functions outside the masjid anywhere and everywhere indeed the feeling that goes through the heart of any mu'min upon the condition of the ummah this is a dictate of his iman the person does not feel the pain of the ummah then this is something that leaves a question on the iman itself Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam has described the ummah as one body al-mu'minun al-muslimun karajulin wahid like one person in istaka'ayhu istaka'kullu if his eye is paining then the entire body will also be in pain it is not possible that the pain of the eye can be isolated and the rest of the body does not feel anything about it it cannot happen and if the head is in pain then the whole body is in pain it is not possible to isolate the pain of the head and the rest of the body will be carrying on with life like nothing happened the entire body shares in the pain and when the entire body is sharing in the pain then the entire body does what it can to help the ailing lung so on the one hand the situation of the ummah large whether it is on our doorstep whether it is in the furthest corner of the world this is a dictate of the iman of a muslim that he will and must feel the pain and the hurt on the conditions of the ummah unfortunately what generally happens is our discussions get left at that discussion as analysis it becomes like a kind of spectator situation where people are spectating something that's happening around and many a times especially children who have grown up playing all kinds of games violent games and this becomes like another game that they are watching somebody is killing somebody somebody shooting somebody else down just now the game will be over and they'll carry on with life and this is just something on the aside it's not the part of the topic 
But many parents have found a direct link. Many parents have themselves acknowledged the direct link between these games that their children play on their devices and the aggression in the child. And this is not something isolated and neither something just confined to any particular location, locally and abroad. That those who found their children have been stuck on, glued on to playing these kind of games, all war games and whatever kind of games, to start off with anything that has animate pictures in it, then that is completely impermissible. But then the other part of it is that the involvement in this from the time of their early day, days, they're growing up with this, then the conditions of the Ummah become like another game. And that's a, another aspect about where this aggression has sometimes led to the point of the child actually becoming aggressive with his own parents. A ten-year-old child attacking his mother, somebody attacking his father. In any case, that's a separate subject on its own, but the point is that the conditions of the Ummah should evoke this situation. But what thereafter? Many a person then becomes despondent, well there's nothing to do, nothing more I can do, so he starts becoming despondent, that too is the wrong thing. There's never a reason for despondency. We have to turn to Allah Ta'ala, dua is in the capacity of every single person, how much of dua do we make? For ourselves and for the Ummah. Then many a person says, well the problem is that the lack of leadership, we don't have any leadership, we have to do something that brings about this leadership. Fair enough, there is a need for leadership as well. But this, this is the point of discussion today, that is leadership itself the solution? And will that be the complete and total fix it all for the problem? One very great historian, very great alim and personality of the recent past, he analyzed the whole situation. He was a historian of note and a person who had a very deep insight into the affairs of the Ummah in terms of history. And he gave one discussion on this very topic. And the summary of it and the crux of it was that history has proven that where there was a very strong Islamic society, then that strong Islamic society itself produced good leaders who led the rest of the Ummah in the right direction and took care of the needs of the Ummah. And whereas the other way around, that even where there was a very strong leadership and a very good leadership in place, but where the society became corrupted and the society did not want to stay on the path of deen, then that leadership also crumbled. That leadership could not remain. So while that is in its place, there is no denial of that. But if we don't attend to the root issue, then that is going to be a futile effort. And the root issue starts off with us, starts off with our families, starts off with our communities, that where do we, how do we fit into this building of this Islamic society? When we talk about Islamic society, what is an Islamic society? Is an Islamic society where everybody has a Muslim name and perhaps they might have some Islamic inscriptions on their doors and maybe on Jummah they might look like Muslims 
and Juma the Masjid might be full. An Islamic society is a society that lives by the ideals of Islam. That lives by the way that Allah has given, by the way that Rasulullah has demonstrated. They live like Muslims, they speak like Muslims, they think like Muslims, they deal with one another like Muslims. They don't have any aspirations of the West. They don't want to look like them, they don't want to behave like them, they don't want to conduct their functions like them, they don't see any respect in anything of the West. Sayyidina Umar ibn Khattab he is on his way to Baytul Maqdis and this was the decision of the rabbis of the time that they told the leader of the army of the Muslim army that look if the person who is described in our scriptures if he comes and this is a kind of description we will see him will hand over the keys without any fight because we know we cannot do anything against him long and short is that Umar eventually had to come and now he is not far off and he's walking and coming alongside with his slave and we are taking turns to ride their animal. In any case, they come to a point where he has to pass a muddy, some stream or something. The Umar takes off his socks, hangs it on his shoulder and he wades through that muddy stream and he comes out on the other side and now he's going to conquer Baytul Maqdis. Abu Bida bin Jarrah Commander of the Muslim army is there and he says, you've done something which is cuts off it, not appropriate. So now you have to go and meet all these dignitaries and you're going to be in this condition, with mud all over you. So that Umar strikes him on his chest and he says, Allah, law ghayruta qalaha ya Abu How I wish somebody else said this. In other words, if somebody else said it, I would have made him an example. Your position and rank and your seniority is holding me back from making you an example. I would have punished that person for making such a statement. And then he said to him that Innakum kuntum nas wa nas wa nas. You are the most lowly of people, most despised of all people. You are the most, the, the smallest number of all people. Your community was nothing. Allah Ta'ala gave you respect and honor with Islam. When you came onto deen, you accepted the deen of Allah Ta'ala. As a community, you accepted the way of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Allah Ta'ala elevated you. And come the time when you will start looking for izzat and honor and respect in anything but Islam. In anything but the way of Islam. In the way of the West, in the way of the Yahud and Nasara. You will try to find honor and respect in having your weddings in the way that the Yahud have theirs. You will want to find respect and honor in dressing the way the Nasara dress. You will want to have, your woman will be looking for that kind of glory and making themselves somebody by dressing in that immoral way that the West has stuck out. Then you zillukumullah, Allah Ta'ala will disgrace you. I mean Allah Ta'ala disgraces somebody who is going to elevate it. So the root issue is this muashara, the social life. This is not just some concept. It is not just some words. This is a reality. 
When this reality was lived, then the Muslims saw the height of glory. And this doesn't start off by talking big, big slogans. It starts off in our own four walls. It starts off within ourselves. To start thinking Islam. And the cornerstones of an Islamic society, the cornerstones of a proper Islamic mu'ashara, are two things. Everything else is in its place. These are the two fundamental, the foundational stones. Haya and simplicity. If there's haya, there's modesty and shame. And there's simplicity, then the rest of that Islamic society will fall into place. But strip down haya and simplicity. And what is left of haya and simplicity nowadays? And then you see the whole society crumbling. On the one side you see all the immorality and vice becoming the norm. When haya is gone, then this will become the norm. And when simplicity will break down, then everybody will be how to just enhance himself and elevate himself and he'll spend all that for himself and how to enjoy life for himself and the rest of the Ummah, the, the change, they'll get something fine, well and good. But the rest of it will be for his own enhancements. And when there was simplicity in the Ummah, then the person was ready to sacrifice his own needs for the next person's comfort. When the battles were taking place in Sham, and one after the other, the Muslims were just overriding the Kuffar and the disbelievers. So, Hiratul became very, very enraged about this. And when once, once again one of his armies returned completely defeated, so he gathered them. Whoever had come back, large number were killed. So he called them together and he asked them, Look, I want to ask you something. These people that you keep getting defeated by, they just run over you. Are they not human like you? So they are human like us. Are you in bigger number or they are in greater number? So you know, we outnumber them many times. They are a fraction of our numbers. So what is the problem then? When you are human like they are human, there is no difference in that. And when they are in such small number compared to you, how come they just run over you? One old man stood up. فَقَالَ شَيْخٌ مِنْ عُذَمَائِهِمْ One old person stood up. And he said, I will give you the answer. And then he gave the answer. And who is speaking now? A person who is from the army of the disbelievers. And he said, مِنْ أَجْلِ أَنَّهُمْ يَقُومُونَ اللَّيْنِ وَيَسُومُونَ النَّهَارِ وَيُوفُونَ بِالْعَهْدِ وَيَأْمُرُونَ بِالْمَعْرُوفِ وَيَنْهَوْنَ عَنِ الْمُنْكَرِ وَيَتَنَاسَفُونَ بَيْنَهُمْ he says six qualities they got in them. They've got these six qualities as a result of which they are just moving on. What are the six points, six qualities that he mentioned about them? The one is, they stand at night in ibadat of Allah Ta'ala. They are standing at night in nafil ibadat, that is their connection with Allah Ta'ala. What can be said about their farz? There can't be any thought about them missing any farz salah. Now, the problem is our first salah itself. The Fajr salah of the masjid is crying. These are people who stood up at night in the ibadat of Allah Ta'ala. Yasumun al-layn wa yasumun al-nahar. They are fasting even nafil fast during the day. They keep up to their promises. Wa yakmuruna bil-ma'aruf wa yanhuna anil-munkar. They enjoin the rights. They forbid the evil. 
How much is this alive in our own life, enjoying the right upon ourselves, in our families, our near and dear ones, let alone the rest of the world? And they are just with one another. There is no zulm and injustice. Because they love these qualities, they are just moving ahead. And he said, what is our condition? Our life, all the sins of the time we are involved in intoxicants, we drink, we are, our life is zina. Now let us just take an analysis of our society as well. How ripe are these things? And then he says we break our promises. We indulge in all kinds of haram. We don't enjoy, we, we enjoy what is wrong. And we forbid what is right. If somebody wants to start doing something right, everybody pounces upon him. Recently some young girl wanted some advice. She decided she's going to adopt parda, meaning adopt hijab in the proper sense of the word. She's not going to be talking to her cousins, etc. Not permissible. So the whole family suddenly jumped down upon her. What is the problem with you? See, just find some amil or somebody, get some tawis for her. Something happened to her. Whereas all of them needed the tawis. So when somebody is doing something right, somebody wants to tread the path of deen, that becomes the crime. The crime becomes the part of the end. In the holiday season, one girl refused to wear the jeans and t-shirt with the rest of her cousins and family. So now everybody jumped down upon her. Said, what's wrong with you? This is the holiday time. You can't be dressing up in your cloak now. So when the person wants to do the right, now this is the society we are living in. If somebody wants to do the right, this is what this person spoke about centuries ago. That this is our condition, and that is why we are being down for them. And the Muslims, they live a different life. So he said, this is our condition. If somebody is doing something right, we will stop him from the right. If somebody is doing something wrong, we will encourage it. So when he gave this whole analysis of it, Rakhal replied and said, you have spoken the truth. This is the reality. This is the reality. So unfortunately, the issue is, that to the extent that we will depart from the way of Nabi Wasallam, then we will find this disgrace coming. When there was leadership also, but when the society crumbled, Salahuddin Ayyubi when he passed away, at that time, the Islamic society had been at its peak. Everything was at its ideal. But after he passed away, his progeny that came in his place couldn't manage that standard. They didn't uphold that standard. They got caught up in the materialism, the law of wealth that took over them. And the fighting in between started. And as a result, within 67 years only, from the time that Salahuddin Ayyubi passed away in the late 12th century of Islam, Hijri, within 67 years, the Tatars invaded. Just 67 years. It's a different story that the Shia also had conspired in this to bring down the downfall of the Khilafah. One of the ministers who had been in the, very close to the Khalifa of the time, he conspired in all this and dismissed a good amount of the army so that the army could crumble. So this was the treachery of the Shia. But nevertheless, despite that, the issue was, the main reason was the crumbling of the Islamic society. And what was the story behind it? There's no time to go into any more details. But they had become involved in all the merry-making. 
tongue and merrymaking had become the order of the day. All the kinds of vices crept in. When the festivities would come, the day of Eid would come, then the royal processions would come out and so on. And there would be all the kinds of festivities to such an extent people would get so engrossed in that. There were times when they made the Eid Salah at the time of sunset. Because they got so caught up in all this. Now how many times our first Salah gets missed because of our entertainment? The Eid Salah got missed because of their entertainment. How many times our first Salah gets missed because of our entertainment? Now how far are we off? And when the tart is invaded, 1.8 million Muslims were massacred. 1.8 million Muslims' lives were shed. But where it happened, how this happened, this happened when this Islamic society crumbled. So this is a thing to come back to, this is a thing to bring alive, to bring alive the way of Rasulullah bring alive the commands of Allah Taala, bring alive this Islamic society. Love this way of Rasulullah in our personal lives, in our homes. We live as Muslims, we look like Muslims, we dress like Muslims, we eat and talk like Muslims, we have our functions like Muslims, we run our businesses like Muslims. Not like as unfortunately one businessman came out of the masjid one day and he's just complaining about how life is out there in the business world. He says, really what can I tell you? The business world is dog eats dog. He says, just how everybody can make the best for himself. Illa mashallah. No, how can a Muslim live and deal like a Muslim? Where he's making his fair share and he's living and let living. And in every facet of life he's living as a Muslim, living the life that Nabi Islam taught then this society will bring about that leadership as well. And this leadership, inshallah, will live with that society. Allah tabarak wa ta'ala, give us all the profit. Wa akhiru da'wana, alhamdulillah, rabbil alameen. And nikah will take place in nikah for this.